Hello? Barbaros? Who is this? I think you know who it is. Um, the devil? Uh, maybe. Oh, that's scary. I look pretty like the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Is that you? Yes. How's How's everyone doing? Doing well. I'm going to be honest. I am fighting through a a very intense chest congestion and uh, sinus related thing that's been going on for probably about like a week. Today's actually the best I felt in a long time. So I I definitely know the home stretch of it all, but I'm going to bring my ink game, Lindsay. This is what I do. This is the passion. This is the pod. Hell yeah. No (laughs) sick days. No sick days. Yeah. Thanks for showing up, Bob Rose. Couldn't couldn't do it without you, right? <laughs> Figuratively and literally, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Sure well, I'm sitting over here with um some like my brain is freaking like burnt. Like from literally all of the sun. And it's not from drugs, it's from it, the sun. Yeah, it is. And we've had down here an average heat index of one hundred and fourteen. Wow. Wow. You, know, you understand what that means? It means it feels 114. Yeah. I, I think, Lindsay, did you understand what he said the first time he said it? I, I don't know. When he re- when he did repeat so it, I, I think that, heat, I really so got the it. average heat index, Lindsay, is, is, is there a nice way to just mansplain yeah. everything, Lindsay? Wow. <laughs> wow. That's an average in the past two days. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that means insane. it really Adam, I I don't know what average means, but can you define what average means? Well, you take the total, like the number of the two, the two tenths, Uh and you divide that number by two, which will give you the the middle number, the average number. Oh wow! Wow. Look at that. They also call it a mean. Is mean and average the same? It is, right? Or no? Mean, median, median. Mean, M-E-A-N. Yeah, no, I remember oh. learning mean, median, and mode in math class. Right, right, right. Very good. Very good. All right, let's let's go back to talking about something else now. I'm sorry. I Are you sure? It up. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. So, I, so I, I, what you're also referring to, Adam, is that it's, you probably have heat stroke. <laughs> you might. That want could it. be it. Well, take, take real it quickly. Yeah, real quickly, my first week here, I got it, so I should oh, be, shit. I should be fine. You shouldn't like, I shouldn't keep getting it. I should oh, be like, I, like, like COVID, right? You get COVID <laughs> one time and you never get it again, right? Is that what the? I should, I should fully be adjust. I should fully be adjusted to the heat down here at this point, where I couldn't immune experiencing it. But I will say, yesterday I showed up to the beach with no water or Gatorade or nothing, and I, Not smart. I was out there. Yeah. I, Thanks, Lindsay. I was out Got there it. for like three hours. <laughs> you're not being too smart. I know. You're, no, you're right. You need you're to right. hydrate. Leave the beach now. Go hydrate. Well, I am. I, I am beach. The guys in the house call call my office the beach. They'll say, "Oh, oh you going to your you going to your office today?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yep. See ya. I'm out." Rub, rub, rub it in. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. You got. Well, you guys are having some pretty good weather up north, like the past few days, right? I mean, it rained here today. It rained here too, Jersey. Yeah, so you don't know about up here, okay? <laughs> right, I don't. I will in a couple of weeks, so. Really anyway, let's Enjoy move the on. Heat to... while you can. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys don't even have that. That's not even a thing up north. Heat index. So. It is, but yeah. No, yeah. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's it's everywhere. Um. Anyways, um, if we haven't lost listeners at this point, uh, five minutes <laughs> into the podcast, we've definitely lost them. But we are very very <laughs> happy to reinvite. I mean, you are our reoccurring uh, guest, Lindsay. You're the only person so far that's been what? a revisit. Yeah. So, so yeah. Back- 
I would say back by popular demand, we yeah, have right. Lindsay here, right? Because I mean, the listener, the listens were just through the roof on episode episode number twelve when you were on, and Ooh. now we're here. We're here the to top, celebrate. Top ten, Lindsay. Yep, top ten listens, and wow. I believe is it. Yeah, I think she's number. I think she's New top five in the top six. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. Not that anyone's I, keeping track of anything. You do. You have a you have a huge following, and so we're here to celebrate um, you and your recovery journey along with our episode number twenty. Can I just say that Ooh. two zero here? Yeah. Big what? what? Yeah. Big milestone. So big things. And last time you were on, you were you were on more of more as a treatment professional, right? Which yeah. was great. But afterwards, I'm like, we got to, I want to hear your story. Mm. I want to hear your journey, right? So I think that, um, I think we should just jump right into it, right, Barbaros? What do you, yeah. do you want to say anything else or? No, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, what, what our plan is, you know, for Lindsay, like, you know, you today and, and like for future guests is really just talk about your lived experience, you know, whatever you're comfortable in sharing and recognizing that, you know, you, you do have a life. And so, you know, we obviously just want to hear what you want to share and, you know, we'll have some, you know, questions and, 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 and some things to kind of like dig out a little bit, but really just to kind of explore and hopefully resonate with our audience with, you know, your entire story or parts of your story uh, and really make a kind of an impact there. And as Adam said, you know, the first time you were on, it, it was very, very impactful, just the amount of listens that we got on that episode. <clears throat> so, you know, uh, if that's something comfortable, you know, for you, we'd love to just kind of hear your experience and, you know, what went on for you and, you know, where you are now and, uh, you know, how life looks like for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. All right. Cool. Should I take it away? Yeah. Take it away. Here's yours. Here is one thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, you i appreciate um you guys having me and um i guess start like i start my story anywhere i always say i'm Lindsay and i'm an addict um and i'm really excited to uh you know tell my story i think you know being in the field as an addict is so impactful in you know this area because when i the treatment it always made such a difference when or um, a doctor or even uh, you know health tech was also in recovery because they just got it just a difference there's a different language that we speak and uh, you know you can go to college and get your bachelor's or master's or whatever and study um, you know substance um, use, but when it comes down to the way I felt you know, in, in my lowest of lows, um, there's no, you know, you have to have been there. And I think it creates this level of empathy that non addicts, um, or alcoholics, um, aren't able to, you know, give, and it's not, you know, nobody's fault. It, it just, I wouldn't wish anybody to be an addict or an alcoholic, but I, I think it makes Working in the field, you know, you just, you feel for somebody when they're coming into detox and they're the sickest they've ever been or when they're, you know, about to leave and they're scared to go into the real world. Like there's just this different level of like, I got you. Um, and so, you know, from v very early on in my treatment journey, I started to feel that little bit of hope, like maybe... I could do that someday. Wow, that person's so inspiring. I would like to do that. Um, and it's just cool. It's happened and is happening for me and so many other people. Amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. So, like, I mean, that early on in your recovery journey to reflect on, like, it would be awesome to sit on the other side of the chair. Right, right. And help people, like, again, in your... That's really amazing to have that, like, so early on. And I think it's common, right? Like, I think it's a pretty common feeling to want to work in treatment once you, you know, get clean because you, 
feel the best you have in forever. And these people are, you know, make a difference in your life and, and others around you. And I, a lot, like I want to get sober and then go back to school and work in treatment. And mm. I do, I do feel like if I had done, you know, if I had started working in treatment with less than a year, I probably would not have done well. Um, and so I do think, you know, wanting to jump the gun and, and, you know, start working in a treatment center or anywhere with like 90 days, six months, probably not your best bet. Um, <laughs> I, you know, but like, cause you feel like a person, but man, was I still so sick at that point and looking back I'm just grateful that I took that time to build that foundation and so when I'm in you know the field and something is just emotionally rocking me um I'm able to deal with it would have with six months or Lindsay can I ask like can can you tap into like you said those first six months of like early recovery in your sobriety where again we're working in the field that you know, you know, something like what was, what was going on for you then that you recognize that it was way too soon for you to kind of, you know, be the helper. So I think, I mean, my story doesn't, it doesn't really go with my first time going to treatment. I got well, uh, and I've been, you know, clean since then. Um, I had multiple relapses in between my first and last time in treatment. And, um, yeah, I, I just didn't grasp the nature of the work that I had to put in to recovery. And I think that goes, you know, that goes back to, you know, a bit of my childhood and upbringing as far as, um, you know, growing up, things were, things came easy to me. Um, I was kind of that all-star kid, the, you know, doing really well in school, lots of friends. Um, Mm. And so I never experienced trying really hard and failing at something. And um, Mm. I think I realized in recovery that's the case. Um, You can't just like, you know, eating and get get well through osmosis it it's work you know hard, um sometimes emotional sometimes you know gut-wrenching that that you put into each day um to becoming a and and I think that those times that I relapsed really taught me what I was missing in my recovery relapse I look back at I was missing something or I thought better uh and I didn't um mm. and so like I'm grateful for that uh because I think it looked like in hindsight everything sort of happened the way it was supposed to sure. um you know in the moment it's painful it's ugly it's sad it's frustrating um but but you know after the fact looking back it's I think I'm right where I'm supposed to be and I also think um, you know, my experiences in relapse taught me what I needed to learn. Um, but yeah, I think going back to the childhood just a little bit, I did grow up in a very like cookie cutter Disney world type of childhood. Um, and that used to bother me when I went to treatment or, uh, OP or meetings because I would hear these stories of other who had, you know, really just traumatic upbringings, whether, mm. you know, it was uh, divorced parents or abusive parents or just other things that really, you know, can impact a child's psyche. And I would think to myself, well, that's their reason that they're an addict or an alcoholic. That mm. makes sense. And then I would look inwards and say, so what is wrong with me? So what happened to me that I needed to turn to this escape? And I couldn't put, I couldn't pinpoint it. And it bothered me. Mm. Um, I felt, I felt like I didn't have a a good reason to be 
drug addict. Um, and it took, you know, it took lots of therapy and, and doing some work on myself to realize that it really just doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't, um, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if you went to college. It doesn't matter if your parents are still married. Um, this disease is, is just that it's a disease that doesn't discriminate and, uh, there's more, there's more to it. Um, I do think I'm able to look back and see where perhaps times that I was growing up didn't think were, you know, outright traumas really did impact me in a way that I felt like I needed to escape. Um, and so I guess I describe like my first use as a perfect storm situation where, you know, I'm in college, um, I'm homesick, I have crazy anxiety about, about, you know, doing well and because I never had to try to do well and, you know, you get to college and it's like, oh, study. Um, yeah. and so Rude awakening. Feeling, yeah, absolutely. I came from, you know, my, my hometown where, you know, you're graduating and you're somebody. And, and I was on, you know, the varsity lacrosse team and everybody knows everybody. And then I go to the school in a different state with a gajillion people and I'm just nobody and didn't know what that felt like, I guess. And mm. um, so I'm feeling these things, right? And so I'm introduced working Bar, um, also red flag, uh, part storm as well. Uh, I'm introduced to drugs, and I'm naive. Like I, up until this point, my use of drinking socially um, and smoking weed, socially, socially as well. Like I never had that uh, feeling of I think I like this too much, or this is becoming an issue. I didn't care either way um, about drinking or anything else. Um, and, uh, you know, I just got to a bunch of stuff at this uh, all at once. And um, the moment that I tried an opiate for the first time, it was game over. And I've heard you, other you people. Exactly which, which, which opiate, Lindsay? Like, like you were offered? So, so it was as um perk 30s um and, and this was given to you at, at the bar that you were working right so a bunch of uh working at the bar had been using cocaine which again my first time and um we would be working until three o'clock in the morning and the bouncer at this bar was prescribed these percocets and would mm. say like here this is like your landing gear essentially um, mm. and so you can go to sleep and then wake up and do it all over again. Um, I didn't care for, you know, Coke that much. It didn't do that. It didn't give me that feeling that I got from an opiate, which was numb, Just pure numb. My brain was quiet and overthinking, overanalyzing, wondering if I'm doing things correctly missing home, thinking about school, it was just nothing. It turned off. And I had been seeking that feeling in everything else for so long that once it happened, it was like this, uh-oh, I'm in trouble because I knew that I liked it. Mm. Um, and you know, after that- it, it, Lindsay, it a lot of people describe that kind of first use as like almost like, you know, love at first sight. Would you say it was that powerful for you? probably even more powerful more powerful yeah it's mm -hmm. and and the funniest thing is that i it never that feeling never came back um and it's like i was thinking that the entire time it came close to it but that first time first feeling i never was able to achieve that again and wanted to so badly um mm -hmm. and and happened very quickly from there um i was you know it started from being offered these to me asking for 
them to me stealing them. Um, and, and really, you know, as soon as my parents kind of caught on, like that some up, they stuck me in the first treatment center. Uh, they had no idea what was going on. I'm, you know, kind of the black sheep of the family. Nobody has struggled, um, with, with addiction or alcoholism. You know, everybody from the outside looking in is, is kind of, you know, perfect. I don't like to use, but you know, normal family, nobody's a, a drug addict. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, Lindsay's, you know, addicted to this. What are we going to do? Um, and so they stuck me in my first treatment center. And that's kind of my first experience, any type of recovery um, at all. And, you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And to get serious. I thought that I knew everything. I thought that I could outsmart my disease. I thought that I knew better than you people telling me what I need to do. Um, I thought. How, that how I old could... were you, Lindsay, when, when that first happened? So at that time, I was 23. Because okay. uh, I've heard this in conversation with, like, you know, like young people, like even like late out. Lindsay, do you keep someone keeps dropping? I'm sorry, guys. Someone keeps dropping out. Oh, no. You know? Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. I'm here. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> a lot of, like, you know, adolescents, like, who enter treatment and then, you know, again, they might go out and use again. And, you know, they're older now. And so when they come back, I've heard this kind of story is that they, they were taught more things and in a negative way in those, like, early treatment experiences. Would you say... Anything like that happened to you where, again, you're saying like how you thought you could like outsmart it, but like, you know, were you taught things like directly or indirectly about use because now you're exposed to, <clears throat> you know, people who've been maybe using for, you know, years, if not decades? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's, that's a, uh, so the first time I went into treatment, I had only been, and I don't say only meaning it like that, but I had only had tried, uh, you know, opiate pills. Right. And I'm hearing people talk about heroin and mm. I see people, you know, having these like track marks and they were like the bad addicts. And I was just like this little baby addict that didn't know anything. And I totally felt like I wasn't a good enough addict or I wasn't bad enough. You get this like complex that, you know, maybe I need that, or maybe, you know, what are they, what are they talking about? Do I need to go out? So I totally learned stuff that I didn't already know from addicts and not everybody's in treatment to get, you know, to get well. And always that bunch that sort of um, doesn't want to be there and talks about using and then plans to use. And um, absolutely, mm -hmm. I, I learned quite a bit about um, using it. And, and then I did go on heroin and, and um, all of these sort of lines. Never thought I would cross, right? Get mm. cross, eat, and I never realized until you know back that this thing is progressive, right? Like, and I say this all the time when I'm doing a group because I think it's important. Whatever your or whatever level you're drinking at now is not sustainable, and I think that's this fallacy that I had that I could just use this each day and I would be functioning and I'd be okay, but there always needed more. And, and I think that's, it's not sustainable. It's progressive. The, mm. what the amount I used in the beginning is not using, you know, years later, it's way more, way worse, way deeper. Um, all of the things that come with, you know, arrests, you know, loss of family, loss of friends, loss of jobs everything you just lose and it's that progression is not just in the amount you're using it's in it's in your lifestyle it's in everything that you're you know affected is affected Lindsay. yeah Lindsay can you talk about your last couple treatment efforts and are and and talk about like when you when did you start putting in some effort to try to get to try to stay clean 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd gone kind of in and out of treatment. I would have these periods of sobriety or, or clean time where, you know, I would do well for 30, 60, 90 days, months. I, I don't think I ever had a year. Um, but I was sort of just going through the motions. Like I described my recovery up until that point, sort of uh, superficial, right? Like I was sort of above the surface. Um, it was a, you know, it was a sort of, I want you to think that. So you say, good job. I'm proud of you. You look like you're doing great. And then I can reinforce that. Wow. Okay. Must be okay. Um, but I never dove below that surface and, and got to the, the deep, deep what's going on and better parts. It was very surface level. So by the time I went to my last treatment, um, even you know getting high anymore i was just using so i wasn't sick and uh, yeah sorry sorry to interrupt can you talk can you just say like a couple things like for our listeners of like things that that definitely interrupted with you staying clean from staying clean in some of your treatments like what were some things that you did like that threw you off course from recovery is there like a couple things that you can yeah. say, you know, that you did that you just should have stayed away from, but you didn't? Right. So you're kind of saying like, what were the things that you realized you were? Missing? Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, for the first thing would be meetings. I was going to meetings. I was probably going to a meeting a day, um, but I I never got a sponsor or or started step work. Um, and I thought if I could just go to a meeting every day that I would stay clean, but um, I didn't do any of, of that work. Um, I also hung around a bunch of people with the same clean time or, you know, sobriety as me, right? So a bunch of people with, you know, 15, 30 days sober um, all together and, and one person relapses and it's like you, you go down like flop you start dropping like flies and I wasn't putting myself in circles of people with with substantial recovery and and long-term sobriety uh, it was all sort of like I was hanging out with other newcomers and and no mm. any sort of foundation and so nobody said to me you know that's not a great or you know you shouldn't prob probably shouldn't do that it, it, we all had ideas and we did them because we had 30 mm. days clean and didn't know better what were some of the stupid ideas any of them stick out to you um i say just like not you know how they say like don't get into a relationship the first like year early on is that something that came oh, up yeah. or... oh yeah. all the time oh yeah uh i'd say most of the time i had gone to treatment you know in my first, you know, three, four, five times, um, I always got into a relationship and it ended horribly. Um, actually one of the people that I was in a relationship with passed away, um, due to a relapse. And, uh, yeah, it's, okay. you know, I think if, if there's one thing you can do that's not, you know, besides, you know, relapsing in recovery is getting in I think getting into a relationship is just a recipe for disaster um early recovery two people uh you know who have no self-esteem stop using their one vice then they find each other and it's like trauma bond and you think you know you're so serious about recovery and you're not going to let anything get in the way and um you know, it's just, it's like this fairy tale and it, it's just, I've never seen it work out. And usually both, if not, if not one, both people uh, go back out. So it's um, definitely not smart, but I can't tell anybody that, right? right. Nobody would have, nobody could have told me that. And, and I would have 
what I wanted to do. So it, it's, right. it's hard looking back. <clears throat> right. So. So you're in like your, so let's, let's go to like your last treatment. Yep. You want to go there? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, so I, I was kind of given an ultimatum um, by my family who I haven't really talked about it much, but up until this point, my family, specifically my parents, never gave up on me, no matter how many times I lied, stole mm. from, you know, the horrible, horrible, horrible things that um, due to my addiction, they just never, they never gave up and, and shut me out. They, they were always there, you know, to pick up and, and get me help when I needed it. And I believe that if they had, you know, kicked me out or shut me off, I don't think I would have been, I think I would be here today, but I don't think I would have gotten clean. Um, so I, that I'm just so, so grateful. Um, so I go to treatment and um, this time's different because I'd never felt this emotional low before. Um, mm. I'd felt really sick before and I felt defeated and, and frustrated and mad and scared. But this time was a low that I can't, you know, put words to. It was, I'm a shell of a human. And I, I had this hatred for myself that I had never felt before. This just, this, this, this utter disgust with the human that I had become, um, and I, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. I, I didn't want to either. Like it wasn't, I didn't want to keep using. And that's, you know, important to mention that. I, I would cry and not do it and still do it. And, and I think that speaks to the disease so much that, you know, we use against our own will sometimes. And so, you know, I'd gone to treatment a million times. How is this time going to what am I going to learn that I haven't already learned? But I think going to it at that low sort of made me a in a way where I think I just became willing to do whatever it took and, and not cut corners and not, you know, do it way or, or change the rules. Like I just surrendered this to this whole thing. I just put my hands up. I waved the way flag and said tell me what to do just tell me what to do and I'll do it because I never feel like this right now I never want to feel this way again uh, and so I took the suggestions and uh each each day I did what they told me to and I completed treatment and I went to you know a, a IOP PHP single day um until they literally said you don't need to come in and I said, can I please still come? Because I was so afraid uh, to be on my own. And I went to meetings every day and I raised my hand and, and said I needed a sponsor and I was new and I did scary things that I made me uncomfortable, but man, did they pay off. You know, and I, I had an amazing sponsor who took me through the steps and showed me what it was like to be a woman of dignity and recovery, um, like a functioning citizen. Um, and I just, I didn't miss anything. I really made sure that all areas were covered, um, continued in therapy. Um, I continued in, you know, seeing a, you know, psych for, for uh, medication, like depression medication. Um, you know, that mental health piece is huge. I don't think if I, if we don't take care of, of our mental health, then I don't think possible. Um, mm. and, and just doing that therapy specifically was really like weight off my shoulders, um, just letting go of some of that baggage. And yeah, it, it, um, once you start doing it, it, it happens quickly, you know, and, and six months into a year turn into 18 months. And, and it's like, it gets, and I think that's important to say, like, this gets easier. 
more work you do. And, and I think people who are saying, oh, recovery is so hard. It, it, I, it's, you know, I'm struggling every day, um, aren't really doing the work of, in recovery. They're, they're, they're probably doing this level stuff like I was doing, saying, see, it doesn't work for me. But you know, it's, it's easy to say things are hard when you're not necessarily doing all that you can. And mm. as soon as I began doing that, like, it's easier um, I wasn't like going against the grain against the water anymore. I was just going with it and, and taking suggestions and not thinking Lindsay knows best. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it brought me here today where I can say that, you know, I'm in, I am a good mom, right? I, I can you know, be, be there for my kids. Um, and I'm a friend, I'm a daughter. I'm yeah, beautiful a kids, t- by the way, Lindsay. Oh, thank you. Oh, so nice. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a sister who can help out my sister who's struggling currently, um, with this and, and, you know, I can, you know, feel, feel there for her and, and, um, offer support there. And so, you know, none of what Life looks like today would have been possible had I continued using. Wouldn't even be here. Um, I was definitely, uh, you know, six feet under. So um, I, I so grateful um, that I gave myself a chance. That I that I stopped thinking that I like was unique and, and this didn't apply to me. Um, I, I I really. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. That That's a very, very powerful story, Lindsay. And, you know, thank you so much for being vulnerable and, and sharing that with us. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the you know bunch of people who will listen to this <laughs> as soon as it's published and aired. And, um, and that's what this is all about, right? Is just sharing what we have and connecting with other people who we may never connect with physically. And, um, you know, we've gotten so much feedback from our listeners about the impact that these stories have on their lives. It just, again, they're not, might not be in recovery. It might not have ever been affected by them, but they, they resonate with parts of the story and yours is definitely you know, a, a very powerful story. And um, I, I've never met you in person. Hopefully that becomes a reality in the near future. Um but I'm very, very glad that you chose life. You chose recovery um, over using, and you're obviously doing amazing things uh, currently in your life. Thank you. And I hope so too. Lindsay. Great job. Oh, thank you. It was, it was amazing listening to you. It was, it's indescribable. I can't even think of the words to say how, how great it was to, to hear your, your story and, you really put yourself out there, you know? Um, I think that, like, I relate a lot to your parents always being there and never giving up on you. That was something that stood out for me in your in your share. Um, I really relate to that a ton because my parents, my parents have, haven't given up on me and they, they're, they're right there with me, supporting me. And I want to say that you have a beautiful life today. I know that you do. You have a wonderful family you're a spectacular mom and you're you you work hard every day for your recovery so i just i'm really grateful to call you a good friend so appreciate you thank you appreciate you too um Liz, do, uh, do you have time to, uh, tonight to participate oh in the she has time we fit it in we already scheduled this so she has time let's do it <laughs> Lindsay and not adam and I think Lindsay can answer for herself. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Okay. Um, Lindsay, do you do you want to give a shout out to where you work now, or do you want to keep that private? Uh yeah. I'll out. So I work for Harbor Care um, now in Nashua, New Hampshire. We are a nonprofit that serves the um, community in all areas of use mental health um everything from uh you know medical 
clinic to housing, um, homeless veterans, um, you know, non-insured. It's, it's absolutely awesome. I just love it so much. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. For the folks. Congrat- out- congratulations uh- on that, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for, for the folks listening out there is, uh, Lindsay is an advocate. She is a lived person in recovery, working in the field. Um, if you have anyone who needs treatment or needs support, uh, Lindsay will help you navigate uh, you know, the wild system of you know, entering treatment and finding proper care. So uh, look, look her up. We'll, uh, look up our treatment program. Um, they do uh, great work. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Adam, do you want to do the five controversy song before we? All right. So this is the segment we call Five Controversy, where oh. I talk about two different <laughs> opposing things, and we try to battle out um, which one's right, which one's better than the other, and we have a little fun with it. <clears throat> so, Lindsay, uh, you'll, you'll go first. Obviously, our guest, we want to kind of honor you and respect you. Adam, you can go second. and then Because oh you, you don't honor me and respect me ever. <laughs> oh. No, I love that. That was gone long. No, yeah. no, not. Uh, so Lindsay, Adam, and then uh, I'll, I'll bring up the rear. All right. So five, five, five sequence of events, and then we'll 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 go from there. All right, Lindsay. First one up: Cool Ranch chips versus nacho cheese Doritos. Cool Ranch all the way. Oh my god! Why do you say Cool Ranch? Oh, I have to like explain. It was like fast. Like hurry up. Uh, why do I say I like them better? I think they're zestier and more addic- more addicting than <laughs> the, the uh, nacho ones. And anytime I eat them, my son is like obsessed with them too. Uh, we like show each other when we get one of the chips that has like a ton of the good stuff on it. And we'll be like, look at how much is on this one. Oh, that's the best one. And our thing. So, yep, cool ranch. Nice. Adam? Nacho cheese over here. The extra oh, nacho cheese Doritos. You're so cheesy. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, and I just, I I love cheese. So I, I'm someone that would throw cheese on, on just about any, anything. So give me Doritos, give me all the cheese in the world, and you're talking greatness. So. Uh, wow. Lindsay, I think we're really bonding tonight, and so I'm right with you. Cool Ranch, a million percent over nacho cheese. Nacho yes. cheese bland. <clears throat> it has no. I love the word that you use, zest. It has no fire. It has no flavor. It has n- Cool Ranch all day and night. That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. Next one, uh, Adam's favorite because I have three options. And Adam likes to kind of add more options than beyond the two. And usually, you know, I oblige and we go three. <clears throat> so so this is, do you prefer pancakes over French toast over waffles? Ooh, that's a good one. I am going to go with French toast for sure. Uh, don't know. Let's see. What's, I don't know. I just like it better. Um, I like when they're... <laughs> I like when it's, I like, I'm a cinnamon person. Adam knows this. <laughs> I like anything with cinnamon. Um, and so a shitload yeah, of cinnamon. Good. Put a shitload of cinnamon on it. She's good. Yep. But just like the warm, cinnamony, you know, eggy, sort of like thick brioche. Yeah. Give it to me all day. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Adam? It's a tough one. Tough. That's why there's controversy. Challenging one for me, you know. (laughs) If it's, I don't do a lot of breakfast anyways, but I will say that I will go with pancakes at breakfast morning. But if I'm away, like, it's a special occasion or something. I will go French toast. Wow. That's more of a delicacy in my mind, <coughs> even though it's not. You're, you're splurging when you get French toast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's like it's 
more, more to make it, right? There's more, people put much more effort into making French toast than pancakes. It's debatable. It's debatable. It's debatable. What do you mean? Don't you do like some egg stuff with the French toast, right? Well. Am I wrong? What do you think is, what, what do you think is in pancakes? You got to crack eggs. You got to scramble everything. Mix it all up. All right. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not making my own breakfast anytime. All right. <laughs> I haven't ever. <laughs> so, all right. Dining through. All right. So it is debatable. So maybe it is. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. I told you it was going to be a challenge for me. I wasn't lying. You're, um, you are challenged. That's. So still, I will. <laughs> I will still go with the same, but I'll leave out that it's more effort for the French toast. I'll just leave out that part. Forget that I even said that. Okay. All right. Uh, Is that. Get what I just did. Sure. You guys get it. All right. Whatever. No one cares. Uh, moving on. So I, I am a, a traditional just pancake. Like, I love pancakes. Syrup, too? Oh, oh yeah. Like, at home, my wife will make the pancakes. Uh, she's really, really good, good at it. You know, the kids obviously love, like, like chocolate chip, like, pancakes. <clears throat> uh, so I'll definitely have that. Like lately, if I want to be like healthy with pancakes, I'll do the blueberries inside. Uh, um, like if I've gone to, to a diner and I'm eating pancakes there, like I'll like jazz it up and do like raspberry, uh, like, you know, tarty. But yeah, like any anytime, uh, you know, even my wife, when she's like, all right, I'm going to get the French toast and you get the pancakes, we're going to share. I'm like, I don't want French toast. I want pancakes. If I wanted French toast, I'd order, I don't want French toast. I want pancakes. So I, I I really stick with pancakes. I I, I just like everything about them. The st- the whole stacking, uh, s- smaller versions of it, the big massive versions. Oh, pancakes all day. All what do you right. think the most the most pancakes that you ate have been? Have been how many pancakes have you taken uh, down? No, I um in one I, sitting. In one sitting, I I it, I would say four. Yeah. Yeah. So that, means, so that means you took down six before and you just don't want to say it on air. Right. I get you. I see you. I see you. Add 60. Uh, uh, All right. Uh, All right. Uh, next one is in the same food category. I'm going to get scrambled hungry. eggs versus hard boiled eggs. What a food tonight. What is it? Yeah, if you were listening, um, scrambled versus hard boiled eggs. Ooh. Um, Lindsay? I'm gonna. I don't. Uh, you should have done more options here. Um, <clears throat> like fried fried eggs. Right. So if I had to pick the way my eggs were prepared, say like over easy or fried. But if I have to choose between scrambled or hard boiled, I would go with scrambled. Okay. Not not a cold egg fan. So. <laughs> Okay, Adam. This one's a little challenging. For, I'm just kidding. So I would go, if I'm doing breakfast, but healthy breakfast, I go hot boiled eggs and I eat them on my way into work. Now, Ooh. if I'm going unhealthy or I'm going to sit down and like pig out or something, then I'm doing scrambled eggs with ketchup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gross. Gross. What? Uh, catch ketchup on eggs? No. Come yes. On. Come on, adults, you... adults, people, adults. My dad taught me this. Uh, <laughs> then it's I'm I'm taking his adult card away from him. Ooh. No, no, you can't do that to that man. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I have a man crush on. I have a bromance with him. You can't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I think where you 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 two know where I'm leaning, right? I, I'm gonna say like more scrambled. In my crazy brain, like if I have scrambled eggs on like Saturday mornings where again we're not going to work, the next day I'll quote unquote change it up and do hard hard boiled just to think I'm I'm eating a different style of egg. But obviously, it's, <laughs> but there's yeah, there's something like better about like scramble. I think it's the 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 visual context of it feeling like it's more hard boiled egg, like one egg or two eggs. You're like. That's not a lot of eggs, but scrambled eggs, you think you're getting a lot more for your your buck, yeah. if you will. So Yeah. You know something? Know what I just thought of, too, about scrambled? Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. We're done. Segment's done. So, you know, Lindsay, you know what I just thought of about <laughs> scrambled eggs? Is that 
I don't like them sitting there for a while. They come out, like they're on my dish. But if I let them sit there for a little bit, they start to look kind of like it grosses me out. So I don't know what that's about, but I don't know. Yeah, I think they lose like their fluff, maybe. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you might be making something. All right. Um, That was my my hot take for the night. Bye. Lovely. See ya. See you next week. (laughs) Um, so next one, number four on the list for tonight, CVS over Walgreens or versus Walgreens. Oh my God. What's, what, um, what's your go-to pharmacy or. So my go-to, <laughs> my go-to pharmacy is first off. I knew it. I knew that. Uh, uh, it's not even a competition. <clears throat> However. It's just, because, it's just because it's near her probably. Right. That's why. I can throw a rock at all three. From uh, my, I swear, there's so many. Rite Aid? Yeah, I yes. Yeah. Okay, well that's that's not the controversy, Val. Let's stick with okay, that, right? So, so then I'm going Walgreens. I think they have better variety of everything, and it's like I think too. I feel like it's like up more upscale. That like I think. DVS around here is kind of like, I don't know, kind of crummy. So, mm. interesting. yeah, huh. interesting. Yeah, you got to remember she's in she's in New Hampshire, Beverly. That state. What the yeah. hell does that mean? <laughs> oh, you're, you're saying the CVS is ghetto. Where we come from, it's upscale, so it's different. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> talk later about it. So, yeah, any yeah. offline. <laughs> So, I am going CVS all the way. Walgreens is terrible. Um, I've had the worst customer service in my life for pharmacy at Walgreens. They're very unorganized. They never, like, anytime I've gotten anything from them, like, as far as prescription-wise, like, because I was forced to for whatever reason, they always, they always fuck it up, okay? Now, I go to CVS smile on their face there it's better ser- customer service around here i don't know why but it, it just is and they, they, they just seem more organized with my stuff and that's really all i care about is my my shit when i go there right so i don't know just that's there hmm? i'm just giving you shit you only care about your stuff only there <laughs> It spills out yeah, into other areas of life. Well, the controversy is for me, right? To right, like, right. what's my experience? What do I want? What am I? What am? What am I picking? And I get terrible service at Walgreens, and I get fabulous service at, at CVS. Fair enough. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm going to side with Adam here. I'm a big, big fan of CVS. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, we're, the town that I live in, in in Jersey, the closest pharmacy is Walgreens, so we've had to switch over everything. And anytime I go in there for anything large or small, I'm just like, I wish this was a CVS. I wish this was CVS. Um, I, I I go with Adam. I for me, my experience at CVS over Walgreens is a lot more. I don't know, like professional. The organization wow. is different. The lighting is different. I, yeah. I, 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 like the atmosphere is a lot for me pleasing versus Walgreens, and so very, very, very pleasing. You're right. It's got to be regional. It's got to be like where you live and who's the because obviously it's different yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so you're in you're in Jersey, <laughs> um, Barbaros. I'm in. I'm 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 taking my experience from New you know from Mass. And Lindsay's sharing her experience from New Hampshire. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Uh, last one, the books for tonight, the last controversy. I, I, Adam, you correct me if I'm wrong, and you do love correcting me when I'm wrong. Uh, we may have done this one before, uh, so this might be a repeat. But oh, God. Oh, my God. If you're going to buy water out in a store, Poland Spring or <laughs> something else, Lindsay? I'm going with Poland Spring. Um, yeah, I just trust that brand. Um, it's not, it's not generic, and it tastes 
good. Sometimes, though, if I'm feeling fancy and they have Fiji, uh, Fiji. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna do that because it comes in a cool bottle. It's square. There's like pretty waterfall on it, and I feel cool. But right. <laughs> it's a splurge. It's a splurge. Um, yeah. So yeah, Poland Springs is just like well, your, spice it up on a Friday night, Lindsay. You what, <laughs> listen, you walk in somewhere like a meeting or something, you know, oh, yeah. like work, work thing with a Fiji water. Yeah, you have total control of that room. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It works. I, there. I might think you're the CEO. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yes. Well, you do. <laughs> hey, you, water. It, it's the same as like that line. Like you dress up for like the position you yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's but it's expensive as shit. So the time yeah. I'm just gonna get, you know, the tried and true. I know it's gonna be pretty <clears throat> good Poland Springs. Yep. Adam. This is a stupid controversy. Just wanna say for the record. It's almost not even worth my effort. <laughs> I'm but... gonna go with Poland Springs. And I'm going to go to Fiji on a splurge. Very Ooh. identical. Very identical. To... Love it. Yeah. I'm that, I think it's it's a home run for all of oh, has been times. Oh, I thought you were done talking because you paused. No, you know what? Indicate just because someone just because someone pauses doesn't mean they're done talking. You should know that, actually. But you said it's a um, controversy, so you stop talking, which usually allows then the other person to pick up talking but no go ahead no. I, will get, I will get fiji like i referenced to just to show off or just to take control of like a situation love I it so yeah it's it's the uh posturing <laughs> um i i do fancy fiji water i think we can all agree on that i think maybe in the audience could be like yeah fiji water is different definitely fancy but Absolutely. Uh, I have a, a water cooler at home. I get Poland Spring delivered to the house. One time they dropped off some other thing and I called them back. I'm like, where the fuck is my Poland Spring that I pay for? You know, a dollar extra. What's wrong with you people? And I had them come <laughs> back the next day and, and drop off the Poland Spring. Wow. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm going to the store, it's Poland Spring. And I absolutely despise, <clears throat> especially in like Florida, like states that are further away from like New England where Poland <laughs> Spring comes from like you know, Maine and, and, and surrounding wells up there. And they don't have, like, any viable option. I'm like, I want to ask the counter person, be like, which one of these is closest to Poland Spring? Because if I buy something and I'm disappointed, I'm going to be very, very upset at the money that I spent on water. But uh, Poland Spring all the way, um, very crisp, very, um, very clear, just refreshing. I have a mm. different response to, like, other bottled water. So Poland yeah. Spring... Uh, a million times over. All right. So that was a controversy. Th uh, thank you, Lindsay, very much for for playing. Um, greatly appreciate uh, you know your thank feedback you. on, on on this portion uh, of the episode. Thank you very very much uh, for you know being vulnerable, sharing your story. It's a beautiful story, uh, and you're still writing it. And you know, very excited to hear you know what's coming next. Uh, you know, in, in your life, and uh, I, I wish you well, and I, I hope your, your program thrives and is uber successful. Thank you so much. Thank you, you know, both having me back and and um, you know having me share about myself. I I was excited to do it, and you know, um, you know, love love this podcast. I think you guys are awesome, and look to you know hearing it and listening to your banters the best obviously um <laughs> obviously yeah thank you me play the controversy game i love that part too and always do it by myself and say, <laughs> say what i would say so it was nice to be able to play the real game so thank you awesome, awesome. uh thank awesome. you very much and for the audience you can always find us at uh the attic and the counselor at anywhere you have uh you find your podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcast. Uh, yes, also and us at the addict and the counselor at gmail uh, dot com for any questions, comments, or any subject matter that you want us to cover. Yes, also for our listeners, if you're listening on Spotify, please feel free to comment about the episode and what your thoughts were on it. Yes, cool. please. More feedback, the better. 
All right. Good that's the, that's the show. Thank episode you. twenty. Episode twenty in the books. Woo! Woo! Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Bye. Thank you.